You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. My name's Joe Biden. All of this as more than half of Americans think President Biden will go down as one of the worst presidents in American history. I keep forgetting I'm president. Is the president confident Hunter Biden didn't break the law? Of course the president's confident that his son didn't break the law. I'm rough like a freight train, smooth like ice, and you're just straight up. I think I can beat Mike Tyson. I know you're going to ask a really nice question. Well, it's, it's an important question, no, I think. Are you worried that other leaders in the world are going to start to doubt that America is back if some of these big things that you say on the world stage keep getting walked back? What's getting walked back? It made it sound like, just in the last couple of days, uh, it sounded like you told U.S. troops they were going to Ukraine. It sounded like you said it was possible the U.S. would use a chemical weapon, and it sounded like you were calling for regime change in Russia. And we know none of the three occurred. None of the three. Occurred. None of the three. Mr. President, you, you interpret the language that way. I was talking to the troops. We we're talking about helping train the troops in that are the, the Ukrainian troops that are in Poland. That's what the context. I sat there with those guys for a couple hours. That's what we talked about. So when you said you're going to see when you're there, you were not intending. To I was say referring to with meeting with and talking with the uh, Ukrainian troops who were in Poland. And when you said a chemical weapon use by Russia would trigger a response in kind, it will trigger a significant response. What does that mean? Her. I'm not going to tell you. Why would I tell you? You got to be silly. The world wants to know. The world wants to know a lot of things. I'm not telling them what the response would be. Then, then Russia knows the response. One of the things I, I saw yesterday, you know, we signed the, the Parents' Rights in Education bill. It's interesting when, like, a Disney-owned ABC would put that out on tweet. They'd say, Governor DeSantis signs bill to prohibit uh, instruction in sexual identity and gender identity in some grades. Some grades. Why would they say some grades instead of K through three? It's just amazing if you're trying to inform the. So you saw a lot of this. But then for Disney to come out and put a statement and say that the bill should have never passed and that they are going to actively work to repeal it. I think one was fundamentally dishonest. But two, I think that crossed the line. This state is governed by the interests of the people of the state of Florida. It is not based on the demands of California corporate executives. They do not run this state. They do not control this state. I also thought it was interesting. I talked to the Speaker of the House yesterday afternoon, and he said Disney never called him while they were putting this through the House. They didn't seem to have a problem with it when it was going through. If this was such an affront, why weren't they speaking up at the outset? And yet they won't. And then for them to say they're going to actively work to repeal substantive protections for parents as a company that is supposedly marketing its services to parents with young children, uh, I think they crossed the line. And, you know, people ask me, you know, kind of about, you know, their posture on the bill. I said, you know what? If we would have put in the bill that you were not allowed to have curriculum 
that discuss the oppression of the Uyghurs in China, Disney would have endorsed that in a second. And that's the hypocrisy of this. And, um, you know, we're going to make sure we're fighting back when people are threatening our parents and threatening our kids. Everything is awesome. of Tap Into The Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and not very peaceful at all at the moment host, Tim Tap, coming to you from historic, beautiful, lovely Roan County, Tennessee. So very glad to have you with me today and definitely still have some things to get off my chest. I, I had some stuff going on that would have made me late to the usual broadcast on Thursday, but I was still so angry by then, I, I couldn't think straight enough to get behind the microphone and really give any level of clarity as far as my emotional standpoint and the reality of the circumstance. And this was involving Disney and everything that has transpired in the last week. I'm still not certain that I'm at a place where I can give you the level of clarity that I ordinarily would do, and I'm sure this is where Chief, if he's listening, would be happy to remind you that ordinarily it's not that great to begin with. 
<laughs> and I do hope you're listening, Chief. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, this is this is the impression and the uh, legacy you have left behind for me, as I'm hearing you in my head even when you're not here. Now, this was followed up even more. I was angered even beyond the level of being furious when the White House came out and uh, did what they did in regards to pushing back against both the Florida bill that the media still insist on calling don't say gay, even though the word gay doesn't exist anywhere in the bill. It's an easy enough to read bill. The majority of the people in the media, the majority of the office holders with a D at the end of their name, and I would say even a fair number of pundits and uh, celebrities probably know better. I mean, it's easy enough for even them to read. It's roughly about a seven-and-a-half-page bill in total, and there's only about a page-and-a-half that has anything at all to do with the issue of the indoctrination of young, young children into sexual perversion at an age where sexual mentality should not even be discussed. The point of the matter is even raven Simone. An actress that I thoroughly enjoyed watching when she was a small child on The Cosby Show. I'm not allowed to say The Cosby Show, though. Bill Cosby's been canceled, right? I enjoyed watching her on The Cosby Show. I kind of like a few episodes of That's So Raven on the Disney Channel that I saw way back in the day. They even did a reboot. I've never seen any of that. I I haven't watched that much of her work since then. Even she came out and was talking about, well, there's going to be a don't say gay bill. Maybe there should be a, a don't say straight bill. Well, guess what? If you actually read the bill and believe for a second that there was don't say gay in the classroom, well, it also says don't say straight in the classroom because it literally covers all types of sexual discussion. See, in the state of Florida, there's not even supposed to be any level of sex education as a curriculum in the classroom until you reach sixth grade. So this is an effort to reiterate that Under state statute, this too would count as part of that curriculum. You cannot have a curriculum with K through third grade for any type of sexual discussion, period, in the curriculum as official part of the teaching. And then after third grade, anything involving discussions of this nature, involving gender theory, involving sexual activity, must be age-appropriate, which essentially means they're actually giving up a little bit of territory over the do-not-have-sex-education-in-any-form-before-sixth-grade. This is allowing the discussion, but still, the media has looked to try and find different ways to to make this look far worse than it is. The media has went out and tried to give Ron DeSantis a black eye, mostly because they're afraid that Ron DeSantis will be a great Republican president, will be somebody that would clean the clock of any Democrat that they tried to put up against him. So they're trying to take him out now preliminary as an effort to try and circumvent that in the event that they do find a way to manage to stop the orange man who's bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist, Donald John Trump. They want to stop Ron DeSantis from being a strong running mate. They want to stop Ron DeSantis from being a strong candidate for the White House. They want to stop him now because he does all of the good things that Donald Trump did with almost none of the negatives that go with Trump. 
So he would be an unstoppable force for the Americans in this country, several typical Democrat voters included, that typically like to believe that they are in charge of their children's lives until they're ready to stand on their own. That they have the say over how long they protect their innocence, that they have the right to decide what discussions happen in the home, that they have the right to protect their children for as long as they can. And for Disney to come out and essentially first get all we need because the new CEO at Disney was going to drag them back and move them away from the world of the political. Said, we're not going to do that anymore. And that lasted all of about 10 seconds till a, a couple of people threatened to walk out. And then all of a sudden, well, we have to be seen as an ally to this minority. And so they, too, then joined in with telling lie after lie. And then this past week, we got the release of the Zoom call with several uh, executives and producers that are near the top talking about their agenda, their goals, their efforts. And we talked a little bit about this the other day, but by Thursday, when the Biden administration came out with their big statements where they're attacking the Florida bill, and of course they're also trying to attack the Texas bill, where they are going to treat parents that put their children on these hormone suppression drugs and, and possibly even allow them to have these mutilating surgeries, treat them as committing child abuse, well, they, we got to stop them. We, we can't allow uh, Texas and, and Florida to once again try to reestablish some level of sanity. Look, I have said time and time again, and stand by the statement that if you are an individual that is legitimately suffering from gender dysphoria, then you should be able to get the kind of help you need. But something that is irreversible and it's something that will be life-changing should not happen until you are legally an adult. And even then, I would recommend you give yourself some time because the stats remain clear, despite the fact that the White House wants to ignore those stats, despite the fact that every LGBTQ, YMCA, carrot emoji, uh, whatever else they're adding to the list today, despite the fact that all the activists were that group, the activists were the group, want to ignore the statistics. And that is that when it comes to transgenderism, gender dysphoria is still a legitimate problem. Gender dysphoria, people who suffer from it legitimately, have the highest rate of suicides of any other group period. And part of the reason for that is because they are no longer allowed to get the kind of treatment they might actually need. And this gender-affirming care, which is the new buzz phrase from the left, it doesn't do the trick. It hasn't changed the suicide rates. In fact, in several instances, it appears to have made it worse long-term. Although the White House and all the groups that push for this want to pretend as if there are no long-term numbers. They want to throw out the numbers that currently exist, claiming that there's simply not enough data to accurately look at that picture. And you know what? I'll agree with that statement because I'm quite certain that the numbers there are far, far worse. But what's muddying the waters now is that a majority of people that 
identify as transgender or identify as non-binary are doing it as a matter of social contagion, not because they're suffering from gender dysphoria. And for Disney, Disney to stand up as a company and and back off of their initial goal of moving towards non-political activity to now claim that it is their their mission to upend and reverse this law in Florida, a law that simply says that parents have rights when it comes to their children. The parents have a right to know if their children are displaying activities that are in line with non-binary activity. That's all. That's really all it boils down to. You as a parent have a right to know. Because how else are you supposed to help your child one way or the other if you don't know? It's certainly not the role of administrators or teachers or social workers that are at the school. It is not their role in any form or fashion to manipulate your child, to take on thought control, or to help them to get some type of what they're claiming to be medical treatment without the knowledge of the parents. And if you think that's not happening, I got another story for you here before the end of this first hour that says exactly that. It is absolutely insane that we are now living in a time where Disney, I'm sure Walt right now, he's rolling over inside of his frozen tube, probably ready to snap. If he could could saw himself, revive himself, and show up at the board meetings, I'm pretty certain right now Walt would do exactly that and would lay the smack down on every one of these moronic people that are trying to ruin the vision that he had for not just this company, but the vision he had for the future, which included safe places for children to be children, where the innocence and the magic of childhood could continue to be a thing even even against the cruelty and harshness of the world outside. Most parents, and I say most because unfortunately there's a few that have been far too indoctrinated for them to know any better. Most parents know instinctively that that is their job to protect their children from doing it, and here's the deal. Shareholders at Disney need to speak up. Employees at Disney, and there are a lot that do not agree with this woke mentality. We've been finding out, we've been hearing from some. All of them that feel that way need to step up and not just be vocal about it, but do the very same thing that those weenie woke morons stepped up and threatened to do but didn't. Stage a freaking walkout. Walk out for a week. Walk out for two weeks. Walk out for a month. Whatever it takes to get the – because there's more of you than there are of them. Now, I don't care what your politics are in this position. This should be a bipartisan issue. We know it's not anymore. The political left in this country have gone so far to the left that, yes, of course they want to sow confusion among children. This should be a nonpartisan issue. And I'm certain when it comes to a lot of average, everyday Americans out there, even several that typically vote Democrat, this is a bridge too far. We saw what happened in Virginia when it came to school boards trying to take away parental rights. Disney, pay attention. When you wake up Mama Bear, no matter what political party she normally votes for, if you make her angry, you have just bought yourself uh, a bit of ire that's more than you're going to be able to deal with 
you bought off, bitten off more than you can chew. Shareholders stand up, employees stand up, and if you are a consumer of Disney products, be heard. Take the steps that are necessary. Now, boycotting probably isn't going to get the job done. We saw what happened when Gina Carano took off. There was boycotts that and then sizable enough that it got their attention, but it passed. And so they went back to business as usual. This must be taken care of. This must come to an end. And guess what? If you're working at Disney and you're one of these conservatives, band together. And if you all do walk out, if Disney decides to do to you what they should have done had any of these woke morons had walked out, which is fired them on the spot. If they do that to you, guess what? You have alternatives, places you can go work. In fact, given the current track record, I would almost guarantee that you can find yourself a job working over at the Daily Wire with their brand-new kids' content division, or you can find a place over at the Blaze. Given the new projects that both those organizations have going, and beyond that, I bet there's other places you can find work at. And if you all stuck together and all left at the same time, you would do more damage to Disney than you would to yourself. I promise you that. That's where you're going to get their attention. If you honestly believe that, it is time to step away because it is clear. The way the Florida law is written, there is only one reason, only one reason to fight against it. And that is because these Evil, and I don't use that word lightly, but these evil individuals do want to talk to your kindergartners, your first graders, your second graders, your third graders. They do want to indoctrinate them with the ideas that they can be uh, whatever different than what they are. They want to indoctrinate them with the ideas and the notions that not only is it normal, but that it's cool. It all circles back around to this idea that the leftists want to convince everybody of this victim mentality, and now they're offering up an opportunity for the white kids who they've been attacking, who said, you are evil by birth because you're white, an opportunity to be something other than white. Well, here you get to be part of a uh, an oppressed people because you're non-binary or you're trans or you're gay or you're whatever it's the category falls into. This is about their dis- – this isn't about – Adults making decisions about their life. This is about children being twisted up into the point that there is no ability to under- – children are malleable. Sexual behaviors are malleable. They are not hardwired into your DNA regardless of what some individuals may want you to believe. When you dig into the statistical analysis of the reality on the ground of sexual behaviors, it's been proven, documented, that it is a malleable behavior. There are far too many people that engage something alternative simply because they feel like doing what's expected is too hard. Not because it's not really where their attention lies, but it's just too hard. I'm awkward. I don't like that. Well, you've got an entire group of leftists that are now trying to convince every child that feels the least bit awkward that that means that that's because you're pursuing something that just isn't you. Embrace the real you. The real you is different than that. But that's not the case. Show me a child as they transverse their way 
from pre-puberty through puberty that's not awkward in some fashion, and I'll show you a very rare bird indeed. But that's, that's the trap. That's so awkward. You're so awkward, so just be awkward, and it'll be okay. That just means that maybe you should look at something different. Embrace the real you. You won't be as awkward if you... And yet, if that's the goalpost, show me again how it is if you're transitioning into something else or you're giving something else a try, that that's not also awkward. But it's easier to make those transitions when you're given the pat on the back and the gold star and treated like, well, now you're a hero instead of just somebody who's doing the usual puberty uh, struggles. It's obscene. And the Biden administration is, they're doing everything they can to continue to make it worse. Biden gave a freaking speech just the other day and invoked God, no less, in an effort to explain why parents should affirm trans identities instead of having a right not to. He referred to the Bible while explaining that parents should be affirming of their obstetric transgender children's identity. To everyone celebrating Transgender Day of Visibility, I want you to know that your president sees you. You know, that scares me. It should scare them. Hello, Joe Biden has a history of seeing children, all right. And most of the children, especially if they're little girls, he likes to not just see them, but to come up and uh, get all touchy-feely, handsy-grabby, doesn't he? If your president is seeing you, that's when the robot should be cute. Danger, danger, small child. But he made a reference essentially to Genesis 127 that says God created man in his own image. The reality that Christians have indeed pointed to throughout history as the foundation for human equality. But the passage, which adds that male and female he created them. Well, that also happens to be the foundation for the gender binary. You notice he didn't mention that. He just talked about how uh, there should be respect, and there should be respect for individuals. And if you are an individual that is suffering from gender dysphoria, that puts you in a different category than what's going on here. But what really, really gets terrifying and infuriating is the White House literally getting on board with early trans surgeries. They literally said that early trans surgeries, hormone treatments, and affirmations are crucial for the health of kids and teens who identify as transgender and non-binary. Now, excuse me, when you point out kids and teens... That means you're talking about children that are not in their teens yet, which also means you're talking about children that haven't went through puberty yet, which we know that's been their target for a while, but I'm going to continue to hammer that point because if you haven't gone through puberty, you have no idea what your individual sexual identity is going to be yet. You just don't, and you shouldn't be thinking too much about it. That's not the society we live in today, is it? The White House flagged a resource from the Office of the Assistant Secretary for Health on Transgender Day of Visibility. 
intended to inform parents and guardians, educators, and other persons supporting children and adolescents with information on what is gender-affirming care and why it's important to transgender, non-binary, and other gender-expansive young people's well-beings. Gender-affirming care. Yeah, that's the phrase that they used. And that's the phrase that's now being used by transgender activists and the media. They've latched onto it. They love the idea, but they're using that phrase to mask the more grisly-sounding transgender top and bottom surgeries, including removing of biological women's breasts, removing of biological men's genitals, sculpting a fake penis on a biological woman, facial feminization or facial uh, fractal muscularization, and, and all these other mutilations of your body that they now seem to think is okay for teenagers and in some rare cases, preteens. Social affirmation, puberty blockers, and hormones that also fall under the <coughs> gender-affirming care umbrella, they're all on board with that too. Now, you got commentators, you got lawmakers, you got people who identify as transgender, and people who formally attempt to transition have all expressed grave concerns about encouraging children or young people to explore transitions of any kind. There's a reason they have warned against this, but nobody's listening to this group, including people that have done it. Walsh, one of my favorite guests of all time, it's been a while since he's been, a long while since he's been on. He went through a full transition. And instead of making things better, it made it worse. And he's been one of the few voices of sanity out there. But this, uh, the office of the Assistant Secretary for Health, uh, they laid out the sheet saying, quote, gender-affirming care is a supportive form of health care. Is it? Chemical castrations and surgical mutilations of the body is supportive health care? I think not. It continues, though. It consists of an array of services that may include medical, surgical, mental health, and non-medical services for transgender and non-binary people. For transgender non-binary children and adolescents, early gender-affirming care is crucial to overall health and well-being as it allows the child or adolescent to focus on social transitions and can increase their competence while navigating the healthcare system. This came from the White House. This came from the White House. Gender-affirming uh, gender care is patient-centered and treatment of individuals holistically, aligning their outward physical traits with their gender identity. I'm sorry. Where does this come from? Gender affirming care is anything but care because the real care here would be an effort to protect the children at least until they become an adult and then things change. But see, that's the problem. They want to play off like the uh, all these Hormone blockers can be reversed or can be partially reversed. Only most of them can't. Not if the damage is done early. 
Now, if you wait till uh, they have become adults, if you've waited till they're through puberty, then yeah, you can do these hormone blockers and it will make changes to their body. And typically, if you stop those treatments, then their body will revert to normal if the hormone's the only thing you're doing. But if you do it pre-pubescent, it will not undo itself in most cases. Very rarely can an individual who's had these hormone-blocking treatments resume to normal development afterwards if they've been allowed to do it at the beginning of puberty or before puberty starts. And that's a nasty little truth they don't want any of you to know. The obscenity. The absurdity. The evil. Let's take the mid-hour break, and then uh, I've got another story that I want to discuss with you. Still along this line. Stay where you're at. I'll be back right after this. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. My name's Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. Despite the fact that God created man from the dust of the earth and formed woman from the rib of Adam, confusion seems to be the order of the day. But why? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee, before the leftist overtaking of American society, the Bible was the standard by which our republic was first founded and more often than not was the guiding factor in family life, education, business practices, and before the Woodrow Wilson administration, many government actions. But our republic has fallen from her lofty perch of greatness. The Joe Biden regime is a symptom of a programmed walking away from good moral principles. As a result, the nation that sought to be the land of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness has digressed into a market. Margaret Sanger-inspired, baby-murdering, alpha male-hating shell of her former glory. The fault of that demonic dilemma lies squarely at the feet of the legions of false preachers, wicked teachers, and parents unwilling, for whatever reason, to instill true morality, principles, and intellectual development, which has opened the door to the calamity of misinformation centered around the destruction of God's creation of man and woman, while also trying to sexualize first graders. Hopefully this immoral filth will be disposed of very soon. If not, the USA will truly be one nation gone under. I'm Ron Edwards. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree. Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Mm, not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. The of the- if you're down with love, you want to 
form a more perfect union to ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America. everybody that after listening to the discussion that we've been having here today you might start feeling a little dirty you should best way to clean up is using soap from the hero soap company uh go to today's show description if you're listening to the podcast and from there you'll see the entire link please copy the entire link paste that into your web browser and go visit hero soap one of the most America first companies that I have been able to come across yet. They do so many great things, but let me tell you, just go visit them and uh, they'll tell you everything way better than I can anyway. All I ask is that either you copy the entire link and paste it to your web browser so that we can have that win-win-win scenario or come visit me at tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P into the truth.com and uh, scroll down past all of the recent guest section on the show. And once you're uh, past that, you will be able to see uh, banners and links. Go to the uh, Hero Soap Company banner, uh, push on that. It'll work just the same. By doing those things, they know I sent you, so it can help support the show as well as you find a great product. Also, want to remind everybody that you will also be able to find a button that will take you to the Amazon pre-sale page for A.J. Rice's brand new book, The Woking Dead. Uh, ask you to go ahead and do a pre-order of that book as it will be a phenomenal addition to your library. If you just want to go check it out, read it, see what it's about, by all means, go ahead and do that. Uh, and once you're there, I'm sure you will probably make a purchase. Uh, again, copy the entire link, because some of these places where you'll find the uh, podcast, parts of the link will be active, parts of it will be live, but not the whole thing. If you don't use the whole thing, they don't know I sent you. That's all I'm saying. Now, also, we're going to be doing a giveaway in January, and I said that we would release the uh, rules of said giveaway. And here's what I'm needing from you guys. I need you to go to social media, any of the social media platforms that I am on, and I want you to tag me, and I want you to give mentions of the book, The Woking Dead, and I want you to give mentions of what platform that you are listening to the show on. Now, you can do simply that. I'll be monitoring how far your tweets, your Facebook posts, your parlor mentions, your uh, Spreely, uh, you know, wherever you're at, 
you have to tag me for me to know it. So you're going to have to find me, whether you're over at uh, Minds.com, whether you're even at LinkedIn, although not a whole lot of uh, not a lot of room for conservatives at LinkedIn these days either, unfortunately. You know, and a lot of the alternatives. Now, I'm not on True Social yet just because I do not have an Apple product, so I wouldn't be able to link you there, so I'm not over there. However, just about every other source, whether you're talking about Gab, whether you're talking about MeWe, uh, all these great sources, just do that, share it, and you will be in the running. Now, moving forward, I'd also like you to share individual uh, shows, individual broadcasts. And again, your reach will get you that many more chances to win one of these books. And I am going to definitely be giving uh, at least one book away to the major platforms that this show appears on. So you've got a shot. And you don't have to limit it to just one social media platform. If you're on several, then by all means do it. If you're on Twitter, if you're on Gab, if you're on uh, Clout Hub, uh, then do it on all three. But I need you to share that, and I need you to tag me in it so that I can give you full credit. And then at the end of the day, you're going to get into one pile or another. And then in, at the end of July, we're going to have the drawing. I, who knows? I may even go ahead and do that on air. I, it just, just, I'll have all the data she's done, and we'll do that uh, maybe right at the, uh, the first show of August. That seems a pretty good date. So that much is done. But I need you guys helping to spread the word, and that's a good way to do it. And in the process, uh, if you listen at Spotify, then share the link to uh, the Spotify page for the show. Uh, share the link uh, for the Spotify broadcast, the individual broadcast. Help us get the word out and earn your chance to get a free version of the new A.J. Rice, The Woking Dead book. Uh, that will that drawing and the giveaway will be at the very beginning of August. Uh, the book release is on the 27th of July. So uh, in the meanwhile, go ahead and pre-order a copy. And uh, best case scenario, you end up having an extra free copy. Now, remaining time I want to discuss also related. I told you, if you thought that what is going on at Disney as a one-off, if you thought what was going on in Virginia with parental rights disappearing and their efforts to control you was a one-off. I've told you that, too. We've discussed it before. But this past week, the story of a school nurse being suspended drives the point home even stronger. A school nurse in Connecticut was suspended after she revealed on Facebook that an 11-year-old student at her school was on puberty blockers and that other students there identified as non-binary without their parents being informed. Now, Kathleen Catford, 77 years old, which is part of why she's no longer willing to put up with this woke BS, she sees the damage being done and she knows the danger. She was willing to risk her job. She didn't out the students. She didn't violate policy. She didn't uh, dox anyone. But she said there is an 11-year-old at her school that's on puberty blockers and her parents, their parents, I, I don't know, uh, if it's a he or a she, that their parents does not know. But she is forced to help regulate. She said that there in Hartford Public Schools, after she posted the comments on Facebook, that she was labeled as being transphobic. And after she posted to a local mother's group, when someone asked for local school recommendations, she said that parents should quote, investigate the school system curriculum. 
saying that Connecticut is a very socially liberal, gender-confused state. Still quoting here, as a public school nurse, I have an 11-year-old female a student on puberty blockers and a dozen identifying as non-binary. All but two of them are keeping this from, uh, from their parents. They're keeping it as a secret. And they're doing so with the help of teachers and social workers and school administration. Catterford continued, uh, according to a report over at the Daily Mail, saying that, quote, teachers and social workers are spending 37 and a half hours a week influencing our children, not necessarily teaching our children what you think is being taught. Catterford also reportedly said in her post that children are introduced to this confusion in kindergarten by the school social worker who teaches social and emotional regulation and school expectations. Catterford continued, quote, Science tells us that a child's brain continues to develop into the early 20s, hence laws prohibiting alcohol, tobacco, vaping, and cannabis. But it's okay to inject hormones into confused prepubescent children and perform genital mutilating surgeries on adolescents. Puberty blockers are marketed to children and families as well as being reversible. I've already talked about this. But several studies show this may not be true. In 2017, there was a report over the Daily Wire on a study which found that, uh, quote, there are virtually no published reports, even case studies, of adolescents withdrawing from puberty-suppressing drugs and then resuming the normal uh, pubescent development typical for their sex. Now, the Hartford School District officials were made aware of the post after the mother of the 11-year-old reported the puberty blockers and saw it and reported it. The family of the student who have not been identified in media reports, and that's good, uh, they came forward, told WSFB that, quote, as a family, we are very happy with how thoroughly and quickly the school and the district have taken action to both ensure the nurse is fully investigated and ensure the safety and privacy of our child. They could not have done a better job. So these parents took the side of the child, took the side of the school system where they were endeavoring to keep this secret. Now, she said that only two of these students uh, are not hiding it. So maybe this is one of the two that's not hiding it. But the fact that this is going on at the school, that they are responsible for administering this, is still over the top. Hartford Public Schools strives to provide an inclusive environment where all students feel seen, valued, respected, and heard. That's according to Torres Rodriguez. Continued saying, we uphold all of our staff to the highest standards and trusting them to be caretakers and leaders in the community. We, as a school district, are responsible for the health, well-being, social and emotional development and safety of all of our students entrusted to our care. It is our responsibility to support our students' growth, personal experiences, and social-emotional development, except that it's not the responsibility for all of that. Now, is it? Now, the left thinks it is. 
The political left in this country has been trying to brainwash every American citizen for decades now, talking about how it takes a village instead of talking about how it takes a mother and a father in a traditional loving relationship to have a well-adjusted, emotionally healthy child grow up. They would ignore the fact that when you remove any part of that equation, you can expect that the children that come from those situations should not be, most likely will not be, but should not be expected to be emotionally well-developed, should not be expected to be emotionally healthy. Little boys don't grow up and learn how to be men from watching their mothers. Little girls don't grow up and learn how to be women from watching their two dads. This is a reality in the real world rather than the make-believe utopia that exists in the mind of the leftists who actually have a different agenda than happy, healthy children. Their agenda is little yes-bots who are not smart enough to know when it's time to ask questions and what questions to ask, but are, but are still smart enough to follow the instructions that they're given from their betters, which they perceive themselves to be. They take this matter to be very, a uh, very serious incident. They went after this nurse. They suspended her. And while they're claiming it's a suspension, I would be very surprised if she gets to return to her job. I'll be very surprised if this individual who was getting pretty close to retiring, I'm certain, who still stood up, took a, took a stand, and wanted to make it clear how bad things are in the school systems in Connecticut. She, she wanted to make sure that the rest of us knew. She didn't out the students. Some of the, some of the families of these students outed themselves, evidently. But for her to step up and tell all these parents the truth about the situation in this environment that is an act of courage it's a shame that it's become that but that is an act of courage that is where we are at now for better or for worse that's where we are and i'm not a fan if you think this isn't happening in your school you better make sure if you have children, if you have grandchildren in public school, you better make sure. And I don't care what part of the country you're in. I don't care if you're as far south as this country will allow you to get because the education industry is still typically run by either full-blown leftists or people that have been irrevocably indoctrinated by the left to the point that they believe they're doing the right things. They've been convinced that parents and grandparents shouldn't have the kind of influence over these children that they believe they should have. They get jealous as you, as a parent, that you still can influence your child to any great extent. And the reason they get upset by this is because they can't force more and more people into believing the nonsense that they're spouting. We've been absent too long, boys and girls. We have been absent too long 
from the lives of our children, from the lives of our grandchildren. We need to step up, myself included. We need to go a step further. We need to do more, and we need to put the fear of God back into the hearts and minds of these leftists who believe they not only should, but they believe they have the right and the legal responsibility to indoctrinate our kids with leftist ideologies, to indoctrinate our children with gender theory and race essentialism theory, to try to convince our children that Marxism is an appropriate and acceptable ideology. Modern monetary theory is perfectly acceptable. It'll work every time. It'll make everyone equal. They don't even use the word equality anymore. It's all about equity. These people are dangerous. And the ones at the very tip top of these ideas where they're pushing and promoting and trying to destroy the minds of our children. Again, I do not use this word lightly, but they are an embodiment of actual honest to goodness evil. There's no two ways about it. There's no exceptions. They're pushing this forward. The folks that are running this agenda at Disney, evil. The folks that are running this agenda in the current operation, P-pads and knee pads, a.k.a. the Biden-Harris administration, evil. Administrators that know the damage this is going to do but push it anyway in the schools, they may not be evil, but they're committing acts of evil. This nurse stood up and did a courageous thing. She went to the public and she informed them, hey, pay attention. By the way, if you actually care about your kids, if you're going to stay in Connecticut, you probably want to uh, get out of the public school system altogether. It's time to homeschool or find a private school where the values you want are actually embraced. It's not such a hard concept, really, when you think about it, but that's where we are, and I promise you, it's not just happening in Virginia. It's not just happening in California. It's not just happening in Connecticut. It's not just happening in New York. It is happening all across this country. Thank God for the few states that are standing up and trying to stop it and stand with them. And if you're in a state where they've embraced this and they want to try to steamroll over you, it's time that you stood up and reminded them no matter how they want to deny it, no matter how they justify it in their heads, they work for you. You are the taxpaying citizen who is entrusting your child with these people. And if you don't have any other option, at the very least, you need to make sure they understand they do their jobs the way you expect it done or they get replaced. That's the system we have. It allows it to happen. You don't have to get violent. You don't even have to get loud. You can just continue to remind them. And then when the time is right, whether you're talking about school board elections or whether you're talking about statewide elections or whether you're talking about fundraising, it does try to develop scholarships so students can get out of the public schools. Whatever it is that you feel necessary to do these actions, step up and do it. And don't be afraid to let people know that that's exactly what you're doing. And don't be afraid to let people know why you are doing it. It's just that simple.
that's where we are. Students should not be going to a public school and be getting any type of medical or mental health treatment of any kind. Although most of this, I think, barely, barely qualifies as being called treatment. They shouldn't be getting any type of counseling or treatment without parental knowledge. In fact, without parental permission. I'm old enough to remember when it became a big issue for uh, students to even be given Tylenol at class without a permission slip. Well, that's where we are. The question is, are we going to continue to put up with it? And if the answer for you is yes, then I surely hope you don't have a kid. Because you are missing the entire point of what your role as a parent is. It used to be instinctive. You used to just know. Anything that this administration is behind, you should know instantly that's a red flag. If they're supporting an idea, a notion, you should know instantly that's the wrong path to take. And if you find yourself thinking, well, maybe we should be more supportive of these young, young people, and then hear the White House come out and say, yeah, let's let's go ahead and do surgeries and let them have hormone blockers and uh, different uh, hormones injected because, you know, that's got to be healthy. And, oh, yeah, by the way, we shouldn't even have to tell you about it. Just be okay with it. And if you find out later, uh, well, you know, sorry, but not sorry. It takes a village, you know. You don't get to parent your kids. Uh, we'll do that. We'll mold their minds and mutilate their bodies as we see fit. Because we are your betters. We know so much more that you could never comprehend. We are always the smartest people in the room. That's the mindset we're fighting now. This isn't even about saving the republic. This is about saving our children. That's going to have to be it for the first hour. If you're listening to the podcast, don't go anywhere. Hour number two will start right after this. But if you're listening on terrestrial radio, remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort. And most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Oh, yeah. And uh, Joe? This is Tim Tap. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, let's go.
and had a kid Tried to live like their parents did But both their parties taxed them close to death They learned to hate the public schools Watch TV making fools While trial lawyers looted what was left She, she couldn't You're listening to Tap Into The Truth Is the president confident Hunter Biden didn't break the law? Of course the president's confident that his son didn't break the law. I'm rough like a freight train, smooth like ice, and you're just straight up. I think I can beat Mike Tyson. We need some more clarification. I know you're going to ask a really nice question. Well, it's, it's an important question, no, I think. Are you worried? that other leaders in the world are going to start to doubt that America is back if some of these big things that you say on the world stage keep getting walked back. What's getting walked back? It made it sound like, just in the last couple days, uh, it sounded like you told U.S. troops they were going to Ukraine. It sounded like you said it was possible the U.S. would use a chemical weapon, and it sounded like you were calling for regime change in Russia, and we know... None of the three occurred. None of the three occurred? None of the three. Mr. President? You you interpret the language that way. I was talking to the troops. We were talking about helping train the troops in that are the the Ukrainian troops that are in Poland. That's what the context. I sat there with those guys for a couple hours. That's what we talked about. So when you said you're going to see when you're there, you were not intending to I was referring to with meeting with and talking with the uh, Ukrainian troops who were in Poland. And when you said a chemical weapon use by Russia would trigger a response in kind? It will trigger a significant response. What does that mean? I'm not going to tell you. Why would I tell you? You've got to be silly. The world wants to know? The world wants to know a lot of things. I'm not telling them what the response would be. Then, then Russia knows the response. One of the things I, I saw yesterday... You know, we signed the, the Parents' Rights in Education bill. It's interesting when, like, a Disney-owned ABC would put that out on tweet. They'd say, Governor DeSantis signs bill to prohibit uh, instruction in sexual identity and gender identity in some grades. Some grades. Why would they say some grades instead of K through 3? It's just amazing if you're trying to inform the So you saw a lot of this. But then for Disney to come out and put a statement and say, that the bill should have never passed and that they are going to actively work to repeal it, I think, one, was fundamentally dishonest, but, two, I think that crossed the line. This state is governed by the interests of the people of the state of Florida. It is not based on the demands of California corporate executives. They do not run this state. They do not control this state. I also thought it was interesting I talked to the Speaker of the House yesterday afternoon, and he said Disney never called him while they were putting this through the House. They didn't seem to have a problem with it when it was going through. If this was such an affront, why weren't they speaking up at the outset? And yet they won't. And then for them to say they're going to actively work to repeal substantive protections for parents as a company that is supposedly marketing its services to parents with young children, uh, I think they crossed the line. And, you know, people ask me, you know, kind of about, you know, their posture on the bill. I said, you know what? If we would have put in the bill 
that you were not allowed to have curriculum that discussed the oppression of the Uyghurs in China, Disney would have endorsed that in a second. And that's the hypocrisy of this. And, um, you know, we're going to make sure we're fighting back when people are threatening our parents and threatening our kids. Everything is awesome. is in a crucial stage it's not because of foreign wars we wage it's more to do with the colors blue and red too many laws and too much government can you tell me where the constitution went the bill of rights is just hanging by a thread so many people try to cross the border and politicians build a new world order too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn UN. Taking your right to self-defense. They say you're safer, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn in the guns. Always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell pay. I've gotta be free. fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing with all the usual caveats of course with you as always i am your ever so humble and mostly peaceful but not feeling too peaceful today host tim tap coming to you from historic roan county tennessee yeah i am still fired up and still quite infuriated over this stand from the white house to continue to promote child abuse i mean it's one thing and i i was very angry with Disney for backing down from their initial idea that the new CEO was going to take Disney back to a non-political place. But he backed down so easy because there was just the threat of a walkout, one in which almost nobody actually participated in. One guy who had the day off showed up and hung out. That's a visit, not a protest. They now they're standing up. They're making it their mission 
to repeal the Florida law that provides parental rights protections involving their children. It is not, I repeat, not a don't say gay bill. It is a do not teach as part of a curriculum anything involving gender theory, anything involving sexual activities of any kind, gay, straight, whatever, to students in kindergarten through third grade. And that anything that's part of a curriculum must, in fact, be age-appropriate after that. In a lot of ways, this actually gave these activists a green light to start working in a sex-ed type of format before the current law that's on the books says that it's permissible. You, in essence, can have as part of the curriculum something to do with gender theory starting in fourth grade. Now, it has to be age-appropriate. But you can start working it in then when, point of fact, state law in Florida says no sex ed before sixth grade. And, you know, why sixth grade seems a reasonable place to start it? Because that's when a lot of prepubescent children start moving into adolescence, start doing the earliest part of puberty. It seems reasonable, right? There's only one reason to push back against a law like this, and that is that they want to twist and turn and squeeze the very malleable minds of these young children. They want to sexualize them. I've heard multiple people this past week make the determination that this comes from a point of their misery. Because many of these leftists that want to push to this agenda have no faith in a higher power. So they have this big missing void in their life. So they have nobody to blame for their misery but themselves and the rest of the world. And, of course, they want to blame everybody else for it. So their idea isn't to do good things for the, the fact that it's the right thing to do. Their goal is to try to make everyone else as equally or more so miserable than they are. That is the only goal that they have that makes them feel the least bit better so that they can commiserate. And then they can laugh about how their life is so much better than the people who they've influenced. Those are acts of evil. Acts of individuals who have been twisted and, and drugged down into evil. The people that have made those assertions, they're right about what they're saying. And if there had been just one or two individuals that I've heard make that assessment on their shows, on their platforms, I would give them all credit. But there's so many of them, I, I can't give them all credit. And they were all saying and, and putting this out there on their platforms at a roughly the same time to the point that it's a lot like what you see at the left when there's talking points that have been distributed. Only this is something these people have come to on their own, some of them way more forceful and using uh, saucier language, some of them being as prim and polite as they normally are. But the, the end result is the same. They're targeting our children than they have been for a very long time. It's one of the topics we discuss almost every broadcast now here. No matter who my guest is, no matter who we're talking to, no matter what we're talking about, it almost always comes back around to the political left targeting our children so that they can manipulate them and indoctrinate them and keep them from being able to think for themselves. Try to make the parents the enemy. Try to make it 
cool to, to misbehave, cool to be disrespectful to your parents, even if you come from a culture that honors your ancestors, that requires honoring your parents. Well, you know what's better than that? Uh, just not doing that. I'm looking at you again, Disney. For those of you who haven't seen Turning Red, there's a healthy dose of trying to encourage the young star of the uh, story to be rebellious. Even throwing in a little uh, reference, my panda, my choice, mom. My panda, well, it's another phrasing for my body, my choice, right? It's not even subtle. The, the not-so-hidden gay agenda reveals itself over and over again. There was uh, complaining after the fact at Pixar that they had removed some of the same-sex affection that had been planned as part of Turning Red. They're putting the lesbian kiss back into Lightyear as a protest against the obviously not don't-say-gay bill, but that's what they want to continue to call it in Florida. So guess what? That's insane. But then for the Biden administration to turn around and put out this crap where they are being supportive, pretending like there's evidence that supports the idea that hormone blockers and body mutilation is something that we should support because it's affirming care. It's child abuse. And, of course, they don't care if you mutilate your children because they don't care if the children live. California is proving that as they're making more radical moves on abortion. California is already known as a progressive blue state. But now it's trying to push to lead the nation on abortion access. Just, uh, just uh, over a year ago, well, not over a year ago, but in the past year, I should say, California's passed several bills and proposed ideas that either expand access to abortion or protect the procedure in some way. Just last week, Governor Newsom signed an Abortion Accessibility Act, which gets rid of out-of-pocket expenses from insurers and health plans for abortion and related services. In most cases, women in California can now get an abortion for free. This law put demands a new form of regulation on insurance companies. If you have private insurance, guess what? The private insurer can no longer say, well, if you're going to have an abortion or something related to an abortion, that you have to pay an out-of-pocket expense. Now, if you have to have your appendix out or your tonsils out or you have to have some type of surgery uh, to save your life, yeah, you still have to pay the out-of-pocket for that. But if it's for abortion, if it's for the murdering of the pre-born, then, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, we should do this. So in terms of timing, Newsom was rather direct in a statement about the legislation. He called out other states that have recently moved to limit access to abortion, and they're mostly looking at like Texas and Georgia and Tennessee, saying, quote, as states across the country attempt to move us backwards by restricting fundamental reproductive rights. California continues to protect and advance reproductive freedom for all. Except that's not really reproductive. It's the opposite of reproduction. It's literally the ending of the reproductive cycle. You're not providing reproductive care. You're not providing reproductive freedom. If you want to be free from reproducing, then don't engage in risky activities. 
Oh, what about cases of rape and incest? Show me how often that's a factor. I know it's less than 1%. Less than. Significantly less than 1% of abortions performed on an annual basis now fall into the category of a victim of rape or incest. Please, let's drop the red herring and get back to the idea that you guys are sacrificing pre-born children to the altar of Morlock or, or whoever you're worshiping this week. That the idea, the notion of abortion on demand as just another form of birth control, it's obscene, it's evil, and I'm talking an awful lot about evil today, aren't I? And again, I don't use the word lightly. Newsom continued, <clears throat> with this legislation, we'll help ensure equitable, affordable access to abortion services so that out-of-pocket costs don't stand in the way of receiving care. I'm sorry. If you're already providing the uninsured so much free service and access to it, now why is it that you think that the folks that can afford insurance, uh, private insurance, suddenly have a problem with out-of-pocket Oh, but of course, it's, it's for protecting one of the planks of the leftist ideology. Your freedom to murder preborn children. We have to protect that, right? Literally in a video that was commemorating the 49th anniversary of Roe v. Wade, Newsom was joined by his wife, and he said, quote, Today, California stands as a proud reproductive freedom state where we're committed to not just protecting the constitutional right to abortion, but to expand access to reproductive care. Again, show me in the Constitution where there's a right to abortion. Roe v. Wade is bad law. It's bad judicial reasoning. Even multiple constitutional and legal scholars that are pretty far to the left have acknowledged that Roe v. Wade was crap. What was it our buddy said about the Constitution there the other day? It's kind of trash. Well, that's what Roe v. Wade is. The thought process that got to approving abortion as a constitutional thing, it's kind of trash. Only in my case, I'm right. You don't have to take my word for it. Look around. You can find plenty of leftists that are legal scholars that will agree with that statement. Now, they still believe that uh, abortion should be legal and on-demand should be available and all this stuff. But uh, as far as the judicial logic in Roe v. Wade, yeah, it's kind of trash. Now, last year, Newsom announced that California was going to be a, a sanctuary for abortion related to, to women who could likely come to California seeking abortions if it's made illegal in other states, you know, like in Texas. In the fall, the governor signed a, a few other related bills designed to create protections around abortion. For example, a new privacy law put restrictions on recording or taking photos near a reproductive health care clinic. Newsom also announced his administration would participate in the California Future of Abortion Council, which is really a thing. I'm not just making it up. I, I wish I was, but that's a real thing in California. And you know what? I'm actually okay with uh, not being able to record 
uh, folks going to one of these clinics, I think that's okay. Uh, you shouldn't be allowed to record or show somebody for the purposes of your platform uh, without their permission. Okay? So that part of the bill, that one's not that unreasonable. The problem is they won't provide the same protections for people getting other types of health care. That's might maybe actual health care, you know, not the murder of the freeborn. Anyway, this uh, California Future of Abortion Council, evidently that's a coalition of pro-murder of the freeborn groups that uh, their main premise is to influence policymakers and uh, other individuals on the idea of the murder of the freeborn. They want to keep calling it abortion. Last year, the council released a blueprint with 45 separate policy recommendations and a lot of legislative proposals that seem to mirror those priorities. This is specifically noticeable in the state legislature level. The California Legislative Women's Caucus has pushed multiple pro-abortion actions, including a bill that would protect clinicians who provide abortions to patients who traveled from states with abortion restrictions. It would also protect people who assist in facilitating those out-of-state abortions. Now, exactly how do you do that? How do you provide protections for somebody that's in another state and facilitates them to leave the state in an action that's clearly intended to violate the laws of that state? I mean, it seems to me like either you need to move those people into your state, and maybe they're just talking about California residents that are going online and facilitating. But how do you protect them exactly? Well, you you don't let uh, law enforcement from that state show up and haul them off, I guess. But what else? Since it's mostly legal obligations, it's fines that you're talking about, are you going to spend California state taxpayer dollars to protect these people, to just pay off whatever fines they get? Because that could get real expensive real fast, guys. Not that there's any real level of fiscal responsibility in the California state government. That's been made clear for some time. But is that really what we're talking about? How else are you supposed to protect those? That's what I want to know. Now, this caucus also wants to create a fund that would allow people to donate to abortion providers and other related community groups. They also want to expand the abortion provider network around the state. Well, let me tell you this. You do not have to have the government create a fund. You should let the private sector create their funds. You should let people donate directly. I guarantee you that Planned Parenthood has well established on their website You want to go to Planned Parenthood of California, you can contribute to your heart content, till your bank account is empty, to your soon-to-be digital U.S. dollar that's programmable can be doubled in value for the purpose of giving it away. You can do all those things, all you want to do. You do not need the state to create a new fund. It's just another way to get... Uh, these folks' hands on your money. But, of course, they're going to push for it because they want to have it. Now, there are other measures. There are other measures that are also being considered 
by legislators in the state of California, some that include greater protections on medical information related to abortion, as well as uh, adjusting the scope of practice for nurse practitioners so that they can begin performing abortions without a physician. California is already a national leader when it comes to the number of abortions. I mean, something they should really be proud of. In 2017, there were more than 862,000 murders of pre-born children and more than 132,000 of those were performed in the state of California. That number of 862,000 was nationwide. 132 of them in California. The most of any state. On a per capita basis, California is sixth in the nation, ranking below Washington, D.C., New York, New Jersey, Maryland, and Florida. For comparison, the states that rank the lowest include Wyoming, South Dakota, Kentucky, Idaho, and Missouri. Wyoming and South Dakota have pretty low populations in relationship to the rest of the states around the country. But is this really what matters? Does California legitimately feel like they have the right to murder the preborn? Do they legitimately feel like there is, in fact, a constitutional right? Because you keep hearing them use that phrasing. Despite the fact that every time they say it, I keep hearing Indigo Montaña. He's in my head. He's saying, you keep using this word. I do not think it means what you think it means. And it doesn't. But I promise you, when a political leftist like Newsom is trying to talk to you about things that are constitutional... You better take a long, hard look at what it is he's saying because you're going to have to take it upon yourself to find out why he's wrong because he is inevitably wrong. There is almost never an occasion where one of these political leftists are on board with what the Constitution actually says. They're almost never on board with actual constitutional protections. They don't like the First Amendment unless you're agreeing with them. They don't like the Second Amendment at all because they want to be the only ones with policing powers and the ability to force you to comply through the use of firearms if necessary. They don't like the Fourth Amendment. In fact, the only amendment that they kind of quasi-like is the Tenth Amendment because every now and then Republicans are in charge of the federal government and then they really like the idea of nullification. So they can be sanctuary states. What? There's laws involving uh, immigration and border control? Sanctuary! In this case, with Gavin and what he's up to, there's laws in Texas and Alabama and Louisiana about having abortions after you can detect a heartbeat or having abortions after six weeks in. Sanctuary. Man, I I don't know why Hunter, Hunter Biden doesn't just go to California and live in Sacramento. Because there are so many people over there that are smoking crack every freaking day. Then it has warped their minds. There's no way he wouldn't be right at home. But the president is quite certain that Hunter Biden didn't break the law. 
again, that, that's the topic of today. That's, that's today's theme. Actual evil. Are we too far gone to protect, to save, to resurrect, to return to the constitutionally federated republic that we were given by the framers, by the founders? Are we too far gone for that? Are there too many people that have just evil surrounding them and, and nipping at their hearts and clouding their minds that we can't get past this notion that we should, in fact, return to traditional values, that we should embrace the traditional nuclear family, that we should, in fact, be forgiving, that we should, in fact, be tolerant and inclusive. But under the terms in which those words actually mean. These words have been twisted so that they become weapons of the political left. And now somebody like me who comes to you with this message from a position of love for people that are actually genuinely suffering and disdain from those who would use that suffering as a tool to dismantle our republic, that will call me a hater. Well, for those of you that choose to say that, I will welcome that as a badge of honor. And I will not change my tone, my demeanor, or my message. Because it does generally come from a position of love. It comes from a love of country. It comes from a love of family. It certainly comes as a love of God. And it comes from a position of love of my fellow human beings, especially those that I share this great nation with. If you are suffering in a real fashion, you should be able to get the kind of help that will actually be helpful to you. And when you have a government that has been installed in a constitutionally federated republic like ours that cannot even do the simplest of the positive good things for the country or protect the people at any basic level that's unwilling to even protect our children – then it is time for a regime change. I would prefer through peaceful means, I would prefer through the ballot box, I would prefer to see a huge landslide taking power and authority away from the Democrats in both the House and the Senate in the midterms. But at the current pace they're going, it scares me the damage they're going to do before we get there. And if it doesn't scare you too, then you are clearly not paying close enough attention. <sighs> Let's take the mid-hour break. And on the other side, we'll get to the next topic. Stay where you're at. I'll be right back. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. My name's Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. I keep forgetting I'm president. As the people of the United States wake up, the great reset against us will ultimately fail. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee, the egotistical Klaus Schwab, founder of World Economic Forum and its annual Davos Conference, said... 
Quote, Corona China virus scandemic provides a rare but narrow window of opportunity to reflect, reimagine, and reset our world. Unquote. Klaus Schwab also professed that he and his merry band of globalists will make us poor and make us like it. I say it's not going to happen because we the people are waking up and refusing the globalist agenda. Now, regime figurehead Joe Biden said, quote, Ukraine war will mark the start of a new world order, unquote. But we the people are saying no to that madness as well. Americans are rapidly waking up and recognizing that they are being played by the leftist big government media complex. The wicked chaos of present times, which is a direct result from the elite's bad ideas and policies can no longer be covered up. And we the people are increasingly refusing to put up with or tolerate the evil mission of destruction being plotted against us and our republic overall. Thus, we shall exercise our unalienable right to reestablish and enjoy life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So help us the true and living God. I'm Ron Edwards. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. We have the ability to see what can be, unburdened by what has been, and then to make the possible actually happen. I'm Ron Edwards host of the Edwards Notebook, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth. Right here, right now, there is no other place I want to be. Right here, right now, watching the world wake up from history. through that very brief break. I am, of course, your ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful, but not feeling very peaceful today, host Tim Tapp, and uh, glad to have you here with me. Uh, For those of you that are listening on Terrestrial Radio, time of the live broadcast was April the 3rd, 2022, so it's Sunday. Uh, You're probably hearing this on a Tuesday if you're listening to the uh, rebroadcast. Glad to have you here. I want to remind everybody that given the way things are going at the moment, there's a really good chance that we need to have our bug out situation squared away and ready. It's time to be prepared, and it is time to truly enjoy the blessings of individual liberty. And the only way to really do that is to take individual responsibility, and the only way you can truly be responsible for yourself is to have self-reliance, and nobody I mean, nobody's been helping you to be self-reliant longer than the fine folks over at My Patriot Supply. Now, I've been warning you for a while now that I was afraid that there would be food shortages. Now, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., a.k.a. Barely There Beijing Biden, has been warning you. He said it himself, direct quotes, there will be food shortages. Just get ready for it. Be prepared. Uh, If you haven't already placed orders to build up your supply in the event of an emergency or in the event that 
this is worse and lasts longer than what you're being led to believe, which it's uh, pretty certain that will be the case, uh, go visit My Patriot Supply while you still can. Otherwise, we may be back to the pandemic levels back when there was a waiting list of multiple months before stuff would come in. Uh, that's not what you want to do in this occasion. So if you're listening to the podcast, uh, please go to the show description and copy the entire link, paste that into your web browser, go visit. That way, it will not only take you there, but they'll know I sent you. Uh, that way, you also help to support the show. Uh, also, if you are listening on terrestrial radio or if you're listening to the podcast, but you're uh, on your phone, don't have the time to do it now, and then later on you're trying to remember, hey, I, maybe I should take Tim's advice and, and go do that, you can visit me over at tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P, into the truth. Com. Thomas Alpha Pete Pete <laughs> into the truth.com, all one word, and uh, dot com. And then uh, you can scroll down past the recent guest segment on the homepage. Once you're past that section, you will see banners and buttons and all kinds of stuff. Click on the My Patriot Supply, and they will still also know that I sent you. It'll work out great. And uh, uh, trust me, this is something you're going to want to do. Also, there's an opportunity. One of the first buttons you will see will take you to the Amazon uh, pre-order page for A.J. Rice's new book, The Woking Dead. Uh, the rules of the drawing to get a free copy, I will go over in just a moment. But I would still like for you to at least consider uh, copying in its entirety the link that will be in the show description. Or... Uh, again, if you have to visit tapintothetruth.com, go down and click that very first Amazon button. It kind of flips back and forth. It will take you to the Amazon pre-order page for the new book that will be released on July 27th. Uh, you can go ahead and pre-order. You'll have a copy, but at least go check it out. And if you like it, pre-order. Uh, I wouldn't take your chances on being one of the folks that gets to win a drawing. I will have copies of the book available and what I'm going to ask for you guys to do if you want to have a chance to win a free copy is take to social media social media platforms that I am on you can find me there tag me in your post where you are sharing either the uh, the site using this the same link that I provided in the show description uh, taking people to the book but be sure to tag me in it mention the platform that you're listening to the show and uh, mention the book. You can also uh, share links to individual shows or to the show pages wherever you listen to the show. You can do that whether you're listening on uh, online platforms like The Last Frequency, if you're listening uh, on uh, platforms like Spotify and iHeartRadio and wherever you may be, just mention them. Make sure you tag me. You've uh, got options involving the uh, the folks over at Facebook. You can do it with uh, Twitter if you want to, and if you're still active there, I will see those. But also at Clout Hub, at uh, Parlor, at Spreely, at uh, Gab, at MeWe, uh, LinkedIn, Minds.com, uh, and there's a few others. Just look for me. You'll be able to find me. You'll know it's me. Make sure you tag me in those so that I can monitor and see not only the reach that you get in helping to promote the show and helping to promote the book, but also in how often you're posting 
Uh, granted, I'm only going to count you one per day. All right, so just don't get all cray-cray. However, I will count you if you're on multiple platforms. You will get counted in each of the different platforms for one. So uh, that's not exactly – just one a day on the individual platform. If you're posting both on Twitter and on Gab, you'll get one time in the drawing there. And then the, the more people interact with your post, the more opportunities you'll have to be one of the winners. All right, that's, that's the deal. So make sure that you that you put in links to the show, recent broadcast, the individual show page, or the book. But make sure in all of these that you tag me and that you mention both A.J. Rice's book, The Woking Dead, and that you mention where you're listening to the podcast. That's it. The more you do that, the more often you do that, the more chances you have to be one of the winners of the drawings. There will be a winner at last frequency. There will be a winner from KYAH. There will be a winner on Spotify. There will be a winner on some of these other platforms. Uh, and the more you do that, the more chances you have. All right? If you have any questions, if you have anything else you want to uh, try to get specified or clarified, feel free to reach out to me on those social media platforms that you plan on using. And I will try to give you the answers that you are asking about. In the meanwhile, i got one more topic that I definitely want to touch on today. This was from uh, Friday of this past week. The House of Representatives voted to decriminalize cannabis and to take marijuana off of the federal government's list of controlled substances. Now, I've had mixed feelings about this for a while, but in general terms... Uh, at the federal level, uh, there are reasons why cannabis was put on that list that have very little to do with the controlled substance part of the fact that marijuana can be a gateway drug for a lot of people to start down a path that takes them to much worse, much harder places. It also had to do with hemp being used in a multitude of other industrial uses. A lot of lobbying was done. And so... I see the medical benefits and a lot of other reasons why it's a minor thing. So I do have mixed feelings on it. I see the pros. I see the cons. And I don't like feeling kind of wishy-washy on something like this. I really don't. I know i got a lot of listeners that are hardcore. No, it should stay just the way it is. I know i got a lot of listeners that are hardcore. Yeah, we should decriminalize it. We need to do it. it should have never been criminalized. I get that. Like I said, I see a lot of pros and cons. I see both sides of the argument, and I have mixed feelings on it. And I guess for the most part, I kind of come down with the idea that if the country is truly ready, then maybe it's time. And as we've seen uh, in places like Colorado, uh, once you tax these items, uh, consumption habits change. It doesn't seem to increase it for the legal version, but you do have several folks that avoid getting involved in the illegal side. Now, illegal marijuana sales continues in these places. It's still slightly more lucrative, but it's all part the same as uh, buying untaxed cigarettes. Anyway, the uh, Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act, well, it passed the lower chamber with a 220 to 204 vote. Uh, 
gaining some Republican votes. It's reportedly unlikely to get enough support to make it past the Senate, though. They would have to get past that 60 votes uh, threshold to avoid a uh, filibuster. Chuck Schumer, though, he supports the legislation. Big surprise there. The New York Times has reported that the bill would, quote, remove marijuana from the federal government's list of controlled substances, impose an 8% tax on cannabis production, or products, I should say, I'm sorry, allow some convictions on cannabis charges to be expunged, and press for sentencing reviews at both the federal and state levels. Now, regarding small business loans, the bill stated that the administrator of the Small Business Administration, quote, shall establish and carry out a program to be known as the Cannibal Restorative Opportunity Program. And this is designed to provide loans and technical assistance to assist small businesses and uh, small business owners that uh, are concerned with the production of cannabis products that are owned and controlled by socially and economically disadvantaged individuals that operate in eligible states or localities, meaning it's still only going to be available in the states that have also legalized cannabis products. But it's also going to only be available, and here's where it becomes questionable on the constitutionality. And by questionable, I mean clearly unconstitutional. It's only going to assist those businesses that are owned by, and I quote, as I said just a moment ago, socially and economically disadvantaged individuals. Now, that's another way of saying this is about equity, boys and girls. Now, it also stated that the administrator of the Small Business Administration will create and operate a grant program called the Equitable Licensing Grant Program. This, of course, is to provide any eligible state or locality funds to develop and implement equitable cannabis licensing programs that minimize barriers to cannabis licensing and employment for individuals adversely impacted by the war on drugs. Now, the Washington Post recorded that the uh, act would allow for legal cannabis sales to be regulated and taxed, saying, quote, it also would provide for the expungement of federal marijuana convictions dating all the way back to 1971, and it bars the denial of of federal public benefits or security clearances on the basis of marijuana offenses. Now, of course, Republicans who voted for the bill were Representatives Matt Gates of Florida, Brian Mast of Florida, and Tom McClintock of California. However, other Republicans have supported a similar bill uh, by Representative Nancy Mace of South Carolina. Uh, saying here, Mace, uh, per the Times, quote, I'm respecting the process that the Democrats want to go through. You can save the federal government $600 million a year, over, well, not a year, but over five years, and it saves lives. It's an important issue. People care about it. 
the vast majority of Americans care about it. Now, she voted against the Democratic measure, reportedly saying that before she did so, quote, I hope that I can be forgiven for voting against it because I want to continue. I want to work on this issue, but we have to work on it together. Democrats are framing the legislation as one that promotes racial justice. Now, that's where I start to have a problem with this, but I'll circle back to that here in just a second. This past Thursday, Nancy Pelosi said, quote, This landmark legislation is one of the most important criminal justice reform bills in recent history. Make no mistake, yes, it is a racial justice bill. Uh, this from Representative Barbara Lee. She also continued by saying, according to the ACLU, black Americans are nearly four times more likely to be arrested for cannabis and related crimes than white Americans, despite equal rates of use. I, I would like to see actual numbers on that, by the way. These arrests can have a, well, a detrimental impact on a person's quality of life and can be led, oh, I'm sorry, and can lead, can lead uh, English is still my first language, I swear, can lead to difficulty finding employment, securing housing, and accessing other benefits. Yes, that's what getting arrested often does, especially if you're arrested on the regular. And let's face facts, at least at the federal level, nobody's on jail for simple possession. That might be one of the charges listed, but that's not why you got sent to jail. Okay? Uh, we need to be clear about that. You are trafficking. You are... Uh, presenting yourself, operating a criminal operation at a much higher level than just simply having marijuana. I think you're going to be hard-pressed to say that those use is pretty equal among white Americans if you also say that the criminal trafficking of marijuana is also equal. It is not. That's why you see more black people in prison. Not so much as jail. Now, the leading sponsors of this bill, of course, were Representative Nadler of New York. And he said that, quote, it would set a new path forward and would begin to correct some of the injustices of the last 50 years. And I'm going to stop there. Because, first of all, I've only got about 10 minutes left in this hour. There's not much left that is discussed in the article. But I got a real problem with them calling this a racial justice bill. Now, the reason I have a problem with that is obvious. And it should make every American who just happens to be black, well, it should make them pretty angry, too. Basically, they're saying that by decriminalizing marijuana, by taking marijuana off of the federal list, the only thing this really affects is going to be federal charges, so federal courts and federal prisons, a place where nobody in the last 50 years has went on simple possession. And I will continue to hammer that point home. But they're saying that uh, this is going to help black people because only black people are really victims of this, and that's simply not true. They're saying that black people aren't capable of not engaging in this criminal offense. That's simply not true. And that's where it should be offensive. 
Once again, they're setting the bar lower for you because you're black. Once again, they don't think you're capable of aspiring to the same levels. It is, once again, that soft bigotry of low expectations. should make you mad as hell. If you're a black and American and you hear them talk to you like this, you hear them use this language, now they're going to paint it in a fashion that they're hoping that you'll never think about it, that you'll never realize for a second that you're just saying, well, you know, we know black folks can't help themselves. But that's exactly what they're saying when they call this a racial justice bill. And the worst part, boys and girls, the worst part of the whole thing is you're going to have a ton of black folks out there pushing this, calling it exactly that, and praising it. They're going to be once again trying to force the, the teaspoon of medicine with just a little bit of sugar to help it go down. They're going to uh, coat this as, with the candy coating, and they're going to try to convince you that this is the best thing to happen to blacks in America in the last 50 years. That there's people in jail right now on drug offenses that are going to be able to get out. People that have been in jail since 1971, the year I was born in. There's been people in prison for that long that they're going to get out. But here's the thing. Most people that are in prison for drug-related charges are typically in state prisons. Not a lot of drug-offensive folks in federal prisons unless they are high up in major trafficking organizations. So this is only going to encourage reevaluating at the state level. That's not going to affect anybody that's in a state prison other than a few of these blue state-controlled uber-leftist states may play along because they're like, well, you know, the feds passed this law, so maybe we should. But most states aren't going to play that game, even ones that are purple and ones that are only slightly blue. They're not going to play the same game because they know how dangerous these people were when they put them away. And again, I'm going to remind you, there are there is nobody actually in prison for simple possession. Now, maybe they put you away on a possession charge because you uh, pleaded down from a much harsher charge. But that's it. If you're in prison, if you are in prison for possession of marijuana, then you did a lot worse than you pleaded down because that was the least sentence that you were going to get. That's the only reason they leave that on the books anyway. Most blue states is so they have some place to plead you down so they don't have to keep you in prison, but so that they have a way of avoiding a trial and get you to just uh, plead guilty on this. Okay, I accept your plea. And uh, uh, obviously the state guidelines uh, and sentencing says you're going to the state prison, blah, 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 for this amount of time, blah, blah, blah. It depends on what state you're in. But it affects even fewer people in federal prisons. And again, if you're in federal prison on a simple possession charge, which should be the only thing that's affected by this bill, as it's been explained, as I've seen it in the parts that I've read to this point, which I haven't had a chance to go through the whole thing yet. So take that for what it's worth. But as it's been explained and as I understand it from the parts I've read so far, if it's something other than possession or slightly over the amounts that normally gets you a trafficking charge. If you're convicted on anything higher than that, it's not going to change anything. And guess what? That just means a few of you that were smart enough to plead down to just possession instead of taking the gamble 
of what you might have got hit with, you guys just hit the jackpot, but everybody else is not really going to be affected. But they're going to act like this is all about helping to right a judicial wrong against an oppressed people. And it's BS. And again, if you're part of that oppressed minority, you should be angered by this. See, I got a problem with them doing it because I have friends who happen to be of a color other than the one I have. Okay? Some of them you get to hear on the semi-regular on this program. I happen to know for a fact that there should be no lowered expectations put on anyone. The fact that skin color is a factor at any point in time is wrong. But you are making skin color a factor when you say, well, we're going to lower the bar because you happen to be black or because you happen to be brown or because you happen to be red or yellow or uh, pink with purple polka dots, whatever the rain. Hello, I am green. I am from, uh, I am from uh, Venus. thought I was the Martians that were green. No, no, racial stereotype. Commented on your entire planet. Why do you sound like a bad Russian accent all of a sudden? I do not know, but I am still looking for moose and squirrel. Hmm, is your name Vladimir by any chance? No, no. Just call me Radical Putin. <laughs> doesn't matter what your skin color is, and it shouldn't. And if you want to make that the crust of the law, you're violating the Constitution. You're violating the principles that the nation was founded on. And most importantly, you are engaging in bigotry and racism in doing so. And anybody that's being told that this is a racial justice reform bill, you should be taking umbrage at that. You should be getting angry at that because they are insisting that their belief that you're just not capable of controlling yourself or doing better, they're insisting that their belief is correct. And if you go along with it, then you're acknowledging that their belief is correct, and that is wrong. And I'm going to have to leave things there. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. As always, I appreciate it. And remember, please don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. In the meanwhile, stay healthy and safe if you can. No easy thing these days. And uh, be smart out there, guys, even if it goes against your nature. And hey, yeah, oh, yeah, one more thing. Joe, this is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, let's go.
control is using both hands. Founders knew the Second Amendment was the final one to keep. To hold our other rights intact so we'd never become sheep. Stalin, Hitler, Mao, Amin, and Pol Pot. They told us things that you never forgot. You teach the lessons to your daughters and sons. To fear the government that fears your guns. Is using both hands Well I prefer the 308 to the tiny 223 Gives me more than a thousand yards to take my family Using both hands.